Engaging Leader Podcast, Episode 113, Top 7 Email Hacks for Leaders. Don't let email kill your strategic leadership. inspire trust, passion, and action? Welcome to the Engaging Leader Podcast with Jesse Leahy, consultant, writer, and speaker. Jesse has helped executives engage hundreds of thousands of people. Join us now for principles to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. Welcome to the show, Engagers. Some people fall far short of their leadership potential because they let the best part of their time, energy, and focus get sucked up or even sucked dry by non-strategic tasks like replying to emails. Now, on the other end of the spectrum are leaders who don't have the impact they'd like. And when you dig into it, it's because they're not consistently communicating with people. And that includes consistently responding to important emails. You know, when people can't rely on a leader for appropriate communications, their trust and confidence erodes. However, if you adopt the seven email hacks that we're going to talk about today, you're going to gain several key benefits. The first benefit is you're going to have more time and energy and focus available for clear strategic thinking. It's one of the hallmarks of a leader that when you are spending time with them, when you're talking to them, they are focused, they're clear, and they are their their thinking is at the appropriate level. They're not too far down in the details if it's not appropriate for that conversation. They're not bouncing from topic to topic like somebody with a high level of ADD. They have clear strategic thinking. And if you aren't sucked too much into email, you're going to have the ability to do that. The second benefit is you're going to have time for uninterrupted work that in which you're focused on predefined priorities. In other words, you are being proactive with your time thinking ahead of time about what is the most important work for you to be focusing on, how should you be spending your time, and you're going to be tackling that instead of responding to email and having a reactive workday. So many people, they start their workday by firing up their email, and that essentially becomes their to-do list for the day. They just start reacting to whatever is in there. Well, if you're not aware of this, let me give you a little secret to life and work. Answering email is not work that is adding value. Generally speaking, email is not work. It's just responding to other people's priorities. Benefit number three is you're going to have a greater focus on real conversations, including conversations that demonstrate your executive presence and your creativity, your innovation. That doesn't come through when most of your day is sucked up by email. And studies show that the typical knowledge worker is spending um, a third to half of your day doing email, which is, again, it's not strategic, it is reactive, and it's typically uh, highly fragmented. You know what it's like. You've been there in a conversation with somebody. You're trying to talk to them, and either they are constantly looking down at their iPhone or BlackBerry or their laptop screen. They are one sentence behind you at best in the conversation. They are not adding anything to the conversation from any sort of strategic or innovative level. 
They may be highly intelligent and smart and creative and all that, but you're not getting the benefit of their time. Also, if even if they're not doing looking at email at that moment, if you walk into a meeting with them and they have just walked out of an hour or two of fragmented time responding to emails, they are probably, by the time they sit down with you, are fuzzy-headed and they are in reactive ADD mode, not clear uh, and deep, uh, deep thinking mode. The fourth benefit is you're going to have the opportunity for a more full delegation of responsibility. What I mean by that is if you babysit your email all day, you're probably babysitting people on your team or even people in other departments all day long. You're making it too easy for them to reverse delegate to you. You should be delegating entire projects, entire responsibilities to them as their capability allows. But if you give them a task or responsibility and they immediately ask you a question, you immediately respond, they immediately have another question for you, then you respond. Well, there's a certain level of questions and answers that's appropriate, but you can see how it encourages them to never grow beyond that. They never take the training wheels off because you're just too responsive to them. And as a leader, you need to know when it's time to take the training wheels off. But there's just something about email that is just addictive. And so it can keep you immediately responding to every single question they have, even things they should be able to figure out on their own, or they should be able to they should have feel the freedom to make the decision on their own. And yet, a month later, six months later, a year later, five years later, you're still answering all their questions. And then number six, the, uh, the number five, the last benefit I'll talk about is that if you follow these top seven email hacks for leaders, you will still provide a timely response to emails. So you won't be that person that we've all experienced where their email is just a black hole. Don't bother sending Joe or Denise an email because you're never going to hear back from her. Uh, Or perhaps this is even worse, you do hear back, but it's completely seemingly random. Out of 15 emails that Susie receives, there's just this one fluky kind of email that she responds to and just leaves everybody scratching their heads. What what in the world made Susie respond to that one? It wasn't even she wasn't even one of the people uh that was being at uh in the two line. She was just carbon copied and she decides to respond to this and we never hear from her. So you see how that again it just whether you don't the, the if you don't respond or you don't respond consistently, you just end up confusing people at best and at worst you actually hurt their trust and confidence in you. So with these top seven email hacks for leaders, you are going to be more productive and have time for the real work of leaders, and yet you still will provide an appropriate response when it's truly deserving of your attention. Excuse me now, that chime just told me that I have an email coming in and I need to just see if it's anything important. No, I'm just kidding. The first Point, the first hack, if you haven't already done this, is to turn off notifications on your desktop computer and mobile devices. 
it almost embarrasses me to say this because it seems so elementary that if you are a leader, you should not be over-responsive to the point that you are actually interrupted in whatever you're doing by some incoming email. It's amazing to me how many people, both on their desktop computer as well as their smartphone, have a pop-up with a sound and everything that tells them about every single email that comes in. I don't know about you, but I get over 100 emails a day, and that's not counting spam or anything. So 100 times a day, if that were to only distract me for, let's say, 15 seconds, that's a lot of seconds. That adds up to a lot of minutes. And you know as well as I do that the studies show that we aren't just distracted for 15 seconds, that when our attention is pulled away like that, it usually takes a good 15 minutes to get our head fully back into it. Just ask yourself, why would an incoming email be more important than the person you are currently talking to live or the task that you had proactively chosen to work on on that moment? You can't afford to be distracted from what you had already decided was important. That person that's currently meeting you with you, uh, if they weren't important, do a better job of scheduling your, your day. Don't go to meetings that aren't important. If, if it's worth meeting with, it's worth focusing on and not being distracted by an email. Every time you take your focus off your current conversation or task to look at an incoming email, you are subtracting from your leadership presence. It's going to make you look less intelligent and less strategic. And you're also subtracting from your deep thinking and creativity. So hack number one, turn off those notifications on your desktop computer and your mobile devices. Hack number two, invest time in setting up email filters. Depending on your email application, it may be called rules. I will be the first to admit that it is no fun setting up those or updating them. And I usually let too much time go by before I invest uh, some time in updating my filters. But it is always time well spent. Make sure that only key email hits your inbox. If it's spam email that you should never be looking at, then make sure you have appropriate spam filters in place that are automatically handling that. Generally speaking, I'm not talking about spam here. uh, Because if with modern email, it should be taking care of spam for you. If you're still getting a lot of actual spam then you probably need to switch email providers or email applications. But in the, in the world of Gmail and Google Apps, they've done a good job of figuring out how to keep that uh, spam out of there. But I'm talking about email that is legit- legitimately coming to you. Maybe you, it's, it's a coworker that's sending you legitimate email or carbon copying you on email. Maybe it's a newsletter that you signed up for that you really do want to be receiving. But just because you want to receive it does not mean that it needs to take up your attention except for when you are absolutely ready for it. In fact, most of those types of email that come to you, you probably only want available as needed for reference. Okay, so first of all, one of my most important filters is one that filters my carbon copy and blind carbon copy emails. A lot of people don't do this, but it's really helpful. If my name doesn't appear in the two 
field of an email. It goes into a folder that I call CC mail. So it, it's both CC and BCC mail, but it, that's the name of, of my folder. And your email application should allow you to set up a filter so that if your name is not in the to field, it should be able to be filtered into a folder like that. Those emails rarely require me to take action. And it saves a huge amount of distraction if I keep them out of my inbox altogether. Instead, what I do is several times each week, I just I look at that folder and I probably don't even open up a lot of those emails. I just skim through the, the subject headings and the little snippet that'll show me what the first sentence or so is saying. And it just helps me stay in the loop on things and I can open up those emails as needed. You know, a lot of people will complain, why does everybody feel like they got a carbon copy everybody on every single email? I could care less. Go ahead and carbon copy me because I it's fine. I may need to look at that email at some point, but it's not distracting me because it's getting filtered right up front. If you are somebody that's using Google Apps or Gmail, uh, it's fairly simple. You just put, um, you check the box to skip the inbox uh, when the message arrives. So in other words, it's automatically archived and uh, you apply a label, in which, in which case I've named the label CC Mail. And then you just, um, you can put in the main search field, CC colon your username, and then a capital OR for OR, BCC colon, and then your username. And other email applications should have a similar filter or rule that will allow you to do the same thing. The second real obvious filter is for bulk mail. Some people call it um, bacon. It's sort of a, if spam is unsolicited email, then bacon are, is email that you did sign up for, but it has zero urgency. So it's e-newsletters, maybe social media digests, monthly billing statements. Email that you may want to receive, but you, you don't need it distracting you. It's You're going to read it. Uh, at a designated time when you want to read newsletters or when you just when you want the information available uh, so that if you're searching your email you can ha have that easy to tap into this can be a pain to keep your filters or rules updated that includes those senders it, you know if you're signing up for a newsletter uh, often you got to make sure that that sender gets put on your on your filter list but over time, it adds up to a lot of time saved. Fortunately, email programs are getting starting to develop smart filters that help automate that. So I don't work as hard as I had to, let's say, three or four years ago to keep that bulk email filtered out. Uh, it's, it's generally um, flagged automatically by my Gmail, Google Apps, application and so it just skips my inbox and goes right to a separate folder and I just look through that a few times each month. So those first two hacks are not anything revolutionary. I'm sure you've heard them before. Number three is going to be a little bit controversial I imagine. Turn off incoming email. Instead process incoming email only during your scheduled time blocks. So in other words you are going to plan when and for how long you're going to process your email. You're not going to look at your email all day long. Now, we'll talk a little more about that in the next hack, but regarding this one, turning off incoming email, 
is going to take away any temptation to or opportunity to be distracted by that email. It's kind of going one step further than the first hack where you turn off the notifications. Now you're actually turning off the email itself. However, depending on the type of work you do, most knowledge workers in the course of your work time, whatever you're working on, you often need to refer to some past email that has some information that you that you need. And also you may have some incoming emails from a certain person or on a certain project that you would consider time sensitive at that moment. So you need to have a solution that allows you to obtain information from those past emails and also to stay on top of incoming email that you may consider time sensitive at that moment. For example, I used to decide, okay, I'm going to turn off my email and I close down my whole program. And then I would be working on, let's say, developing a communication strategy. And I would think, oh, wait, I need, what what, what was it that the focus group uh, person said uh, when I had that follow-up question to her? That was back in my email. So then I would open up my email program and while I was getting the, the information I was looking for, I saw two more new emails come in and get distracted by them. So you need the ability to get information without getting distracted by new emails. And then secondly, let's say you've blocked out an hour and a half to work on Project X, and uh, but at the end of that hour and a half, you know you have a conference call with uh, customer B, and you know that customer B has a tendency to contact you at the last minute to reschedule a call or provide some advance information. So you want to you, you want to keep yourself from being distracted with all your other work, except if it's about Project X. You're willing to be distracted by that during this 90-minute block of time. So you need to have a solution for those, and most email programs will allow some sort of mechanism for doing that. I use a service called Inbox Pause for Gmail as my solution. It's by a company called Baden, B-A-Y-D-I-N. I've used it since 2012. And it allows me to basically pause my inbox and so that incoming emails don't distract me. So I'm, I can be in my email program all I want without being worried about seeing a new email that might distract my attention. So I can research past emails. Uh, it also allows me to search for a person's name or their domain, and sh- it'll show me even new emails from that person. So I can put the customer's name from on Project X or a coworker related to Project X, and I will still see their incoming email. So that's called Inbox Pause. It's only available for Gmail or Google apps. It's by a company called Baden. But there's definitely other solutions out there if you're using Microsoft Outlook or other email applications. So number three is turn off incoming email. Hack number four, determine how often and what time you really need to process your email. And this is where the controversy might come in when you combine this with actually turning off your incoming email in the previous hack. Because some people will say, well, I need to be responsive. I, got, I can't ignore 
all those emails. And I would agree, it's going to depend on your role, how often you need to stay on top of email. But it amazes me, people who should be strategic, who should be creative, allowing themselves to be distracted all day long uh, by their email. I find in my role, I do best when I only process my email once a day. Currently, I do that in the mid-afternoon. Again, I am staying on top of hot projects or, or whatever. I might keep an eye out for emails related to them at, at any given moment of the day, but it just depends on what's going on that day. I often don't look at any emails at all except for just once in the mid-afternoon, and my inbox pause actually turns off at that time. It's currently set for 1 p.m., and my inbox suddenly gets filled up, and my filters process everything for me. And then I open up email and I have a goal to process that email within 30 to 60 minutes, depending on how many there are. And I try to act on each email just one time, or I open it just one time, and I immediately try to decide, is this something that I just need to, do I need to take any action? If so, is it if it's something I can do in less than two minutes, I will act on it right then. Send a reply, get the information the person needs, put something on my calendar or what have you. If it takes longer than that, I put something on my to-do list related to uh, that email, and then I archive that email. Is this something that needs to be delegated? If it's not some, if it doesn't require me to do it myself, should I delegate it? If it's not do or delegate, then I will archive it. There's a problem if you don't take one of those actions and instead you just let it sit there in your inbox because now, and, and you move on to the next one, and that is always a temptation, but that just means that some later date you got to think about it all over again. It's better if I can just touch it one time. And it's interesting, if I focus on my email once a day like that, I can process through all these emails in 30 to 60 minutes. If instead I leave my inbox on and I kind of respond all day long, I have a lot of those days where you get to the end of the day and I feel like, man, I was busy all day, but what did I do besides just responding to email all day? So you tell me, is it better to spend uh, eight or 10 hours or more on email or 30 to 60 minutes and still accomplish the same goal of responding to email? I would rather get it all done in 30 to 60 minutes. Wow, so that means that someone that sends me an email at 2 p.m. may not hear from me for almost 24 hours later. Yeah, that's right. And last I checked, in most of the business world, it is a considered perfectly polite to respond to an email within 24 hours. That is still considered responsive. I know that in a lot of companies and in maybe your own comp- team, your department, People respond within the hour, within every, within 15 minutes, within five minutes. Those are expectations that are set by the culture. And you just got to ask yourself, as a leader, is that really the culture that you want, that everybody is glued to their email? I choose to encourage a culture that is more focused on getting important work done, not on just responding to email. And keep in mind... The faster that you reply to an email, 
to a sender, the more likely it is that that sender will send you a new message. If, if they send you a question and five minutes later you reply, they're probably going to have a new question for you in five minutes. However, if it takes you 24 hours to reply, at best, you're, they're going to send you one question every 24 hours. The more you email, the more, it, the more you get more email. And I would say as a strategic leader, you don't want to encourage a higher quantity of email than what's necessary. So you have to decide how often and what time you really need to process your email. I have experience, experimented with doing it twice a day, and depending on your role, that may be perfectly appropriate. Um, so these days, just once a day works works best for me. I will men- mention other tools that I use to communicate about pro- projects but um, besides email. But for email, I tend to look at it only once a day. And I just can't imagine... Anybody really needing to look at email more than four times a day. So if you did it once uh, in early morning, once late morning, once early afternoon, once late afternoon, that seems like anybody in, in any sort of role that is think is a leader or wants to grow into a leader, leadership role, I, I don't see how you would need to be more responsive than, than one or two or three or four times per day. Number five, stop using email as your to-do list. You just heard me mention that when I am processing my email, if there's an assignment, if there's something there that requires me to take action, if it takes less than two minutes, I will do it right then uh, while I'm processing my email. But if it takes longer than two minutes, I will put it on a to-do list. Often emails contain assignments for us, right? And so it's extremely tempting to use an email as a visual reminder of an action you need to take. That's kind of like the person that uses PC back in the world when we got all sorts of paper mail would consider each needed each piece of paper as their reminder to take action and so their desk was just full of papers all over the place and piles all over the place it's email is, is no different it's just it's clutter it's not really a good solution for a to-do list it's a recipe for lost focus. So if you can't resolve an email within a couple minutes, add it to a real to-do list and then archive that email so you can access it easily for future reference. I use a task management application uh, to keep track of my to-do list. It's my, the one I use is Toodledo, but there's all sorts of task management applications out there. Just find one that works for you. Uh, a lot of them, including Toodledo, let me turn an email into a task just by forwarding the email. So I just for if there's an email that's a, that is a, a task for me and has information in that uh, related to the task, I can just forward that email to Toodledo and it'll automatically put it on my to-do list. Also, there are project management applications that help you keep conversations and tasks organized around a project rather than stuck in your email. Uh, for example, at Aspendale, we use Basecamp as our project management tool system. And so uh, it's it keeps all that information nicely organized for us rather than cluttering, just in a cluttered mess uh, as email would be. See, the problem with using email as your to-do list is it lacks some of the features of a true to-do list, including changing the priority of an item or changing when it actually shows up on your list. 
I mean, with email, you just have this long folder or inbox or wherever you're keeping those emails that are symbolizing to-dos for you. And they're not in any sort of uh, order or priority. And so you just are constantly prone to distraction or focusing on things that are not really as important as other things. Number six is clear out your inbox on a regular basis. Now, if you're familiar with GTD, getting things done, you've probably heard the term inbox zero. And that's essentially what I'm talking about here, except I do not believe leaders should worry about achieving inbox zero every day. That is, if you were to Google right now, email productivity, you're going to see all sorts of tips and lists about how to be more productive with email. And many of them will mention the phrase inbox zero and they will tell you to clear out your inbox every day. I will tell you I have done that. I have tried that for extended periods of time. My experience is that it contributes to majoring on the minors. If you are a leader, you need to keep your focus at a certain strategic level. And if you worry about clearing out your inbox every single day just so you can get to an empty inbox, you will spend more time than what's appropriate because you will actually pay attention to little emails that probably you should just ignore. Uh, If you only, if you process your email once a day, there's a good chance you won't actually make it to every single email. And so uh, I usually once a week or so, I finally have to just go ahead and archive what's left in my email inbox And before I do, of course, if there's important stuff in there, I put it on a to-do list. Uh, If I haven't responded to Monday's email by now, then it probably just needs to go on my to-do list. But uh, also, that's kind of when I realize, okay, I haven't responded to Monday's email. It's now Saturday morning or whenever I'm getting around looking at this. Um, Or maybe it's from a week ago or two weeks ago, however long has gone by. I haven't responded to it. It's obviously, apparently, not that important. And so... I'm just going to archive it. And it it happens. People miss emails. People don't reply to emails. And if it just wasn't important enough for you to get to it, then you might just have to not worry about it. But when, you, when it's actually one of your huge goals in life to clear out your inbox every day, you are going to invest more time than what's necessary in those unimportant emails. So I know I'm breaking some kind of major rule out there in the GTD world. But if you are a strategic leader, you just have to let some of that stuff go. Also, it's important to realize you no longer need to worry about filing your emails into specific folders. It used to be five or ten years ago, to stay on top of your email, you had to invest some time in filing those emails so that you could find them later when you needed to. I used to do that uh, on a regular basis, and people would actually be impressed that I could put my my finger on an email from a year ago that was related to a project and uh, that was useful to have. In the new world, the sort of post-Google world, search functionalities are very powerful and useful. And there's nothing that you can't find uh, by searching. So instead of filing it, just trust your email application's search function to help you easily retrieve past emails. So in today's world, everybody can put their finger on that email from a year ago, um, and it's no longer impressive that I'm able to because we all have these search tools at our fingertips. 
If your email application search function can't do that for you, if you can't trust your email to search and find the email that you're looking for, then switch to a different application. I have tried several, but I keep coming back to Gmail's web interface. So I don't use Apple Mail. I don't use Microsoft Outlook anymore. I used to use both of those. But I, I keep coming back to the, just the plain old Gmail web interface because it's fast and powerful and I can find stuff when I need it and I don't waste any more time than necessary. So do clear out your inbox on a regular basis. Get to inbox zero because it's a good feeling. And you don't need old, old emails staring you in the face. Just archive them. But don't make it a religious practice that you got to get there every single day. And then number seven of the top seven email hacks for leaders, know when to switch to non-email communications. You know, people often use email for communications that it, where it's not even the right tool. For example, collaborating on projects. Uh, you see people going back and forth as they're working on a project, an- answering questions or writing ideas. Sometimes that's okay if there's just two of you, but oh, especially when there's a team of people, it's really inefficient because person A will reply all, and um, but person C doesn't see that one, and so when they do a reply all, it was to the first email, and so you just you, you miss out on messages that way. It's very, it can be very efficient. It can lead to confusion. You often get attachments that people act on uh, on an old version. They, they think, oh, yeah, yeah, um, Susie emailed that attachment to me. Let me go get that, and I will mark it up and send it back. Well, Susie's already provided two drafts later, but you grabbed the old version of that document. So you have those kind of problems, and you have people wasting time searching for old information. Instead, invest the time to find the right tools for collaboration, for project management, and for file sharing. What's the right tool for what you're doing? Is email really the right tool? Email is a communication tool. It's not a working tool. Also, if you find any email exchange that goes beyond, you know, if there's any email conversation that you're having with somebody and it goes beyond three or four exchanges, it's probably a sign that you just need to talk to the person in person or call them on the phone or use an online video conferencing service, video conferencing service like Skype or FaceTime. Know when email is actually getting in the way of getting something done. And that's especially important when there's more than two people. When there's just two of you, okay, a lot of time you can you can uh, overlook certain inefficiencies because there's just, just the two of you. But boy, when there's more than two, you probably need to move faster away from email, get that conversation into some kind of a live communication experience. So those are the top seven email hacks for leaders. Number one, turn off notifications on your desktop computer and mobile devices. Two, invest time setting up email filters. Three, turn off incoming email. Four, determine how often and what time you really need to process your email. Number five, stop using email as your to-do list. Number six, clear out your inbox on a regular basis. And number seven, know when to switch to non-email communications. All right, Engagers, those seven hacks, they're critical for leaders to keep email in its place so you can focus on productive work and strategic leadership. Now, I'll provide 
those seven tips as well as links to some of the tools that I mentioned on our show notes for this episode. You can find those show notes on our website at engagingleader.com forward slash 113 as in episode 113. And while you're on the show notes page, you can engage with us. Go ahead and provide your thoughts or questions in the comment section. Or you can click on the red send voicemail button. You can also engage with us at facebook.com forward slash engagingleader or on Twitter where I am at Jesse Leahy. This is a production of Aspendale Communications, a consulting firm where my colleagues and I partner with midsize and large employers to attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results. Find out more at AspendaleCommunications.com. Our thanks to Joe Sherwood, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our programming director, James Marler, our sound engineer, Cliff Ravenscraft, our podcasting advisor, Dustin Hartzler, our website engineer, J.J. Leahy, our video and web intern, Rick Terrence, our announcer, and Max Brody, who composed our theme music. Until next time, remember, you are always communicating and leading. Let's make the most of each opportunity to engage the people we care about. 